Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. In the peace process, we've been talking about the fourth chapter of Philippians. I'm not going to go over that tonight. Uh, we make all of our stuff free. But uh, I want to talk about peace, and we'll talk about the prayer of peace. I want to get to that. Peace meaning tranquility arising from reconciliation with God. Tranquility arising from a reconciliation with God. And peace, and I love this. This is, a, this is another definition. It said a sense of divine favor. That's a good definition of peace, isn't it? A sense of divine favor. If you sense that God's divine favor is on you, it causes peace to come. Well, we can understand that. If you, uh, if you, I remember in high school, in high school they would, uh, we had those intercom systems. I don't know if they still have those. But we had intercom systems in, in the class and all of a sudden you'd hear the, you'd hear the secretary come over and say, uh, Mrs. Wilson? Yes? Is Alan Clayton there? Yes, he is. Send him to the office, please. <laughs> now, maybe some of you've never had that experience, but I had that experience. <laughs> but here, here was the thing. If I had done nothing wrong, I just tripped on down the office thinking, hey, maybe he wants to talk to me about something. I was on the student council. And so now I thought, maybe he wants to talk to me about something. And, and uh, I go in there with, the, with a lot more peace. Because I had divine favor, I knew all of them, they knew me. If I had done something wrong, can you send Alan Clayton to the office? I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> and some of you know the uh-oh. And it, it's, a, it's, it's a sense of, uh-oh, this isn't good. But when you have a sense that you've been reconciled to God, you have peace with your heavenly father, and you have a, his divine favors on your life, isn't that good? Amen. That's good. That's, a, that's peace. Now, here's a great question. What does God want for you? What is God's will for you? It's good. People say, well, you know, I, I guess whatever happens is God's will for me. No, that's not true. Because a lot of bad things happen. What happened in Uvalde a couple of weeks ago? That wasn't the will of God, right? That was destruction. Jesus said the thief, speaking of Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So I've come that they might have life, and they might have it abundantly. And I see anything that's killing or stealing or destroying, including destroying my peace, I recognize that's not coming from God. And so one of the things we have to determine is, what, what does God want for you? Now, I want to give you just a good scriptural background. God, God's will is revealed in his word. This is the best, way, best place to go to figure out where God's will is. It's revealed in his word. First thing we find in, in God's word, it's revealed in his name. Judges, the sixth chapter. This was a story, I won't go into it, the story of Gideon. Gideon, an angel appeared to Gideon, told him that he had a job for him. And uh, Gideon perceived he was an angel of the Lord after a, a really a supernatural experience. And uh, in fact, he had, he had brought an, Gideon had brought an offering, put it on a rock, and an angel reached out his, his rod or big rod staff and touched the, uh, the meat and the broth and flame came up out of the rock and disintegrated it. <laughs> And then the angel disappeared into the flame. Now, I don't care how bad you think you are. 
but that'll rattle your cage pretty good. You see that happen. And so Gideon, he said, he perceived he was an angel of the Lord, which was brilliant of him. But till Gideon said, alas, O Lord, for I've seen an angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear, you shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. And today it is still in Ophrah of the Abazarites. Uh, the Lord is peace, uh, Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah or actually Shalomai. Now, I'm going to give you just this real quick. This is, this is free, but uh, there are Hebrew covenant names that reveal who God is. And they start with Yahweh. There's, and now I'm about to butcher some Hebrew names. If you are a Hebrew scholar, you can wait till after I'm over to, fit, to correct me. If you're not, just bear with it. But Yahweh Sitkanu is the Lord our righteousness. Yahweh Shama is the Lord is, is there. In other words, the, the Lord's presence is with us. Jehovah Rohi, or, or Yahweh Rohi is the Lord my shepherd. Jehovah, Yahweh Nisi, now, again, these are covenant names. I know some people talk about the redemptive names. These are Hebrew covenant names. Yahweh Nisi is the Lord our banner. That means the Lord our victory. Yahweh Jireh is the Lord will provide. You can have Jehovah Jireh. That was a song years ago. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. The Lord my provider. Jehovah Rapha is the Lord who heals. Jehovah Makedeshim is the Lord who sanctifies or makes holy. And Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. How God reveals himself. These are all Old Testament. How God reveals himself in the Old Testament reveals who his nature is, who he is. He is our righteousness. We see all this fulfilled in Jesus. As we look at Jesus today in the New Testament, he's made us righteous. He is, he is always present. He said he never leave us or forsake us. He is still our shepherd. He is still the Lord who gives us victory. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He is still our provider. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He is still the one who heals. He is the healer and by his stripes that we are healed. He is the Lord who sanctifies. In him we have sanctification, redemption, and wisdom. And he is the Lord our peace. So this is God's will for us. His peace is his will for you. Now, it's also revealed, again, in some of the New Testament writings as they would write to the churches, 2 Thessalonians, the third chapter, verse 16. The grace of our Lord Jesus, well, I needed, I needed 16. So I'm going to read it to you. Now, may the God of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. May the, God, may the Lord of peace himself Give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. So peace is revealed in God's nature. And notice it said always, not sometimes or not randomly. So God wants you to have his peace, his tranquility, his sense of divine favor. And then there's multiples of peace. Second Peter 1, 2. So we got this one. Second Peter 1, verse 2. And... There we go. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace is multiplied to you in the knowledge of God 
and of Jesus our Lord. You know, the more you, you have, have a knowledge of God, the more, not just head knowledge, but the more you begin to have a, a knowledge, a relationship with him, it's going to multiply grace and peace to us. So the more we know him, the more we know peace. And that's a good thing. So grace and peace can be multiplied to you. So wherever you are right now in your peace level, you say, well, you know, I, I just don't, I don't have any peace. Well, we're going to talk about the prayer of peace. But here's the thing we have to understand. God wants you to have peace. He wants you to, he wants you to live in his peace. He wants you to have a sense of peace that when other things are going on all around you and other people are upset, you can have a divine peace on the inside that things are going to be okay. That is, and boy, that is peace. Remember Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. He said, my peace I give to you. He's not talking about a peace where everything out here is perfect. He's talking about a peace you can have on the inside that even though everything out here is going crazy, you have peace. Amen. Now that's, oh, that's something valuable. Because you know, you can't always get everything on the outside right. Ever done that? Just everything, it's like that guy juggling plates. I used to watch a show years ago. They used to have a lot of variety shows. They don't have variety shows anymore. Now we have YouTube. But uh, it, was, it was variety shows, and there used to be a guy that would come on the Ed Sullivan Show and juggle plates. Remember he had, he had these, these sticks, and he would put a plate on top of that stick, and he'd start spinning that stick, and that plate would stay up there. And this was like a ceramic plate. It would break. And he would get that one going, and he'd get, I mean, he had all these plates. And you look up, he must have had like 10 plates. And he'd just go, and he'd keep them spinning at one time. It's amazing talent. We're missing so much today. But anyway, he was, he was, uh, he's spinning plates. But I thought, well, isn't that how most people live their life? It's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get my marriage right. All right, my marriage, I got that plate spinning. Oh, I need to run over here. I got my kids. My kids are all messed up over here. I get that plate spinning. My job. Okay, I'm going to run over here and get my job. And get that. And we're trying to spin plates. And, and the problem is it's hard to get them all spinning at the same time. So it, the key is, Lord, thank you that regardless, I can have plates crashing all around me, but I can still have peace on the inside because that's your peace. So he's talking about multiple peace. And we see it in God's word. We also see God's will revealed in Jesus. Listen, always look at Jesus if you want to find out what God's will is. Look at what Jesus did. Look at what Jesus operated. Because remember what Jesus said, if you've seen me, he said, you have seen the Father. Jesus said, I am an No one has seen God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen him. So what Jesus does and what you see, how you see him operate it's how God operates. He's a wonderful picture of God. And so we see Jesus. You know, Jesus never looked at anyone and said, be afraid. Be very, very afraid. <laughs> he never caused, he never caused fear. In fact, when people were afraid, he'd be, he'd be the one speaking into that. Now, there was a little lady that, uh, that was, was sick. She had a hemorrhaging situation. And she came... Uh, in a crowd, there's a whole crowd of people around Jesus, and she came behind him. Now, she wasn't supposed to be out in public. She had a, that bleeding situation. The Jewish people had a lot of quarantine laws, and they considered her unclean. If she was in public, she was to yell unclean. She wasn't supposed to be in public. But she slipped out anyway. She came through, and she, she reached through the crowd, and she touched the, the hem of Jesus' 
garment, his robe, and she got healed. She didn't ask Jesus. She didn't ask anybody. She just came and got it. And then Jesus stopped <laughs> and turned around and said, who touched me? And the disciples are like, Lord, everybody's touching you. <laughs> and he said, no, no. He said, someone touched me. He said, I, I, he said, I, I sense power go out of me. And uh, finally, this little lady said she, she couldn't be healed. And she came, told him the whole thing. Look what Jesus says to her. He said in Mark 5, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Go in peace. Ever notice when Jesus, when someone would come to Jesus, he always left them in peace. He did not leave them worse off. Aren't you glad that when you go to him, he's not going to leave you worse off than when you come. He'll leave you better off. And he's looked at this little, little lady. I'm sure he, she was concerned. She'd been sick for 12 years. She spent all her money trying to get well. And now she got healed. Maybe she was worried that Jesus was going to take it back. And he just looked at her and said, he let, we just said, darling, <laughs> you're good. Go in peace. Peace is something he gave. He popped in on the disciples one, one evening. He'd been raised from, from the dead. They were afraid. They were hiding for the Jews. And in John 20, we see Jesus again. The same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. They're already afraid. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. And the Father has sent me, I also send you. Jesus showed up, rattled the disciples. They're already afraid of the Jews. They'd crucified Jesus. They'd seen that happen. They're afraid and the doors are shut. They're in there talking and all of a sudden, Jesus is standing in the midst. That is a good time to say peace to you because the, you just came through a door that was shut and there he is standing there. And uh, he had to show them his hands and feet. He said, it's me. And they were glad. But he said it twice, peace to you. If the Lord appeared in your bedroom tonight and you're getting ready to go to bed, probably the best thing he would say to you is peace because every hair on your head would be standing straight up. <laughs> but, but would he leave you afraid or would he leave you with peace? It's peace. He, he wanted peace for that little lady that got healed. He wanted peace for his disciples. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He wants peace for you. So, well, how do we get there? Let's talk about the prayer of peace as we wrap this up. Philippians 4th chapter, verses 6 through 8. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Let's talk about really three things in, in praying a prayer, a prayer for peace. Be anxious for nothing. Does God want us anxious and nervous about anything? No. Yes or no? no? It's a no. He said, be anxious for nothing. Well, I've heard people say, well, you know, I give God the big things, the little things I can take care of. He said anxious for nothing. And, and here's, here's just a good tip. 
Go ahead and start on the little things before the big one comes up over the fence. And just start with a little thing and just start learning to cast your care. So here's the first thing we do. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So what are we going to do? We're going to ask God for his help. Now we're asking him something in line with his word, something he's promised us, something that we know is his will. You could come to him and say, Lord, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting ready to do this thing and I, I need, boy, I'm nervous about this. I need your help. Would you help me in this? Will he help you? He said he would, so he'll help. A number of years ago, I had a surgery on my, my eye, my, my right eye, and had an uh, autoimmune disease that actually caused my eye to protrude. And uh, they did a surgery, and they actually went in behind my eyeball and scraped out some stuff and got up close to my brain. And <laughs> I remember talking, I had, to talk to, I had to talk to two different surgeons. And one surgeon looked at me and, and said, you want me to tell you all the things that could go wrong? I said, no. <laughs> he said, you don't want to know the details? I said, no. I said, I've already made the decision to do this. I don't need to know all the things that could go wrong. If I believe I'm supposed to do this, that's all I need to know. I don't need to hear every horrible thing. And I didn't go home and look up every horrible thing on Google that could happen to me in the surgery. Just a tip. So we, we come down. i would never been in a surgery before. The last surgery I had was was, um, so what's the thing they do in your eyes where they lace it? Yeah, that's it. So now I got one where they're going close to my brain. So I don't even know that could be a situation that could cause a certain level of anxiety. Oh, don't look like y'all are just tough. Y'all ain't that tough. <laughs> like, yo, I handle that. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm going in for surgery. It really is my first time. And I, I remember thinking as, as I'm going in and I'm praying, so I'm asking the Lord, I said, Lord, I need your help in this. I need you to guide the surgeon's hand. I need everyone doing their job well. I need, I need, to, I need your help. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. So we prayed. In fact, Joy prayed with me on that. And in fact, my, my parents were going to call Call. I said, we, we were going to pray with you. I, actually, I didn't even call them back. When, when I pray, I want to pray with somebody who I know is going to pray, not someone who's going to worry. Amen. Some people, they tell you they're going to pray, but they're going to ask you a bunch of questions. I don't need to, a bunch of questions. I just need to go to God and go, I need your help coming through this surgery well. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. We need wisdom. Maybe you need strength. Maybe you need a job. Maybe you need some help in an area. Maybe it's a, a relationship problem. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. Here's the next one, with thanksgiving. Say, so with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, why? Thanksgiving indicates that God heard me and that God is helping me. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said this. He said, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. He said, believe you receive them is before you have them. When are we giving thanks? After it's over? Before. You catch that? So I pray and I ask the Lord for help. And before I see the help, 
before I see the surgery successful, before I see things coming out okay, I begin to thank him for an answer before I see it. Because I believe he heard me. And I believe he's helping me. Does this make sense? See, I think what's happening, I've done this, maybe I'm the only one, but I have prayed about something and just really, in a sense, all I've done is worry in God's presence. Lord, I've got this situation and I've just, you know, Lord, and you, you know, and then we explain the whole thing to the Lord like he doesn't know. Lord, I got this, you know, whole situation and, and, and Lord, you know, you, you know that, you know I'm right about this, Lord, and, and she's not right about this and, and Lord, but, but I, I told them what to do, Lord, but they're not listening to me. And, but then, then I told them again, but then they didn't listen again. So now I'm back in this. And, you know, I'm thinking, whose time are we wasting here? God's and mine, because all I'm really doing is worrying in his presence. But when I come to him and say, Father, I need help. We need help in this situation. I need help with my fourth grader who's having a tough time in school. I need some answers here. Father, would you show me what to do? And Lord, I want to thank you that you heard my prayer. With thanks, don't leave out the thanksgiving. If somebody gave you something, I was taught, I was raised, I was raised very Southern. I was raised, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. And if someone handed me something and I snatched it out of their hand, I was in for trouble when I got home. Because all I had to do when someone gave me something and my mom would say, what do you say? And I would say, thank you. Isn't that just polite? Someone gives you something, you say thank you. Oh, come on. When you let somebody in in traffic, (laughs) come on now. You let them in in traffic and they don't do anything. They just pull over there like they own that lane. And you go, well, you're welcome. (laughs) Anybody ever done that? You're welcome. You're welcome because you just did something good for them. How many of you appreciate the ones when you let them in and they wave at you to go, hey, thank you for that. Hey, listen, listen, if if we can do that, if we can do that for a driver, can we do that for God? Father, thank you, I pray. And Lord, I want to thank you that you heard my prayer and I got an answer coming. Same thing. Same thing. Thanksgiving. We're going to go now. Here's Here's the thing. The peace that goes beyond understanding. I'll go back to my surgery. We prayed, and that, that is one of the times I can, I can honestly sense, I sensed the peace of God. I am lying there on that cold. Man, those tables are cold. I'm lying there on, those, on that cold table under that sheet and feeling the most peaceful I have ever been. I'm like, <laughs> what is that? That's a peace that passes understanding. It's, it, it, why? It, it, it goes beyond my mind. It go, you say, well, you were, you were drugged. This is before I was drugged. <laughs> this is before. Come on. Don't, don't. This is before I was drugged. But this is his peace. Say, so, well, Alan, he did that for you because you're a preacher. It has nothing to do with being a preacher. It has everything to do with us simply taking God at his word and doing what he says. And, he will, and he's a good God. And he will help you. You, you, he'll give you peace. You pray, you thank him, and then the resistance, here's here's what the resistance is. The resistance is the tendency to want to take it back. You pray, and then you're looking at the situation, maybe it hasn't changed quickly, and then you go back to worrying again. 
And so this is why that next verse comes into play. What are we going to think about? I'm going to read that, I'm going to read that list for you again. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. So here's, here's, here's where, and this is really, I think this is probably one of the biggest battles we face as believers, is how to control our thoughts. We pray, we've asked God for help, we believe God's heard us, we thank him, and then the thoughts begin to come. And, and, here, and one of the things we, we, I hear people say, I can't help that. I, Alan, I can't help it. I have these thoughts, I can't help it. One, we have to believe that the scripture, if we couldn't help it, then Paul would have been off base by telling people to think this way. So we have to believe we can't. It is different often than how we've been raised. And it is different from the, it's different often from the mental habits and patterns we've already developed. We have, if you'll notice, there's a certain track and a, a way we often think. And one of the things we're learning to do is, as we're following the Lord, is we're learning to take those thoughts and begin to interrupt them and to think something else. And that is, that's one of the biggest values of knowing God's word is you have something to replace those thoughts with. Because there's a lot of thoughts that come our way that aren't true. And we're like, hmm, we don't even know if that's true. Not even going to waste time with that. There's a lot of thoughts that come that aren't, they have no good report to it. They're just negative. It's like, I don't want to think about that. So it's telling us, it's, it really is telling us what to think. And after you prayed and asked God for help, one of the biggest challenges you'll have to deal with if the thoughts are, God didn't hear your prayer. Who are you to think that God's going to answer your prayer? Oh, it doesn't work for you. It works for preachers. Alan's just preaching. That's just, no, it doesn't really work that way. Listen, the enemy will try any avenue he can to get through to you. It's our job to go, no, I believe God heard my prayer. I am grateful. He is answering my prayer. Thank you, Lord. Remember we talked about, about, about three weeks about things we could do before we got to this prayer of peace, and one of them was rejoice. Remember that one? Rejoicing is a great, great defense against negative thoughts coming your way. Rejoicing. And listen, all of us have to deal with it. All of us have to deal with negative thoughts. All of us have to deal. And, and a lot of us, hit the challenge is, a lot of us have negative self-talk we've been doing for a long time. It's like the background chorus of our, of our life. You know how background music, you get on an elevator, they're playing elevator music, it's kind of in the background. It's a background music. We've been playing background music in our life for too long. And that's why we, the Bible says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. And renewing, what we're beginning to change the way we think. Changing the way we think. And, and that's where the fight comes in. Now, when I finished the, the surgery, Came out of the surgery, everything was, everything was good, except, except when I, when I looked at Joy, I saw two of her. <laughs> now, I love my wife, but I only want one. <laughs> and and I, remember, I remember going, uh-oh, uh-oh. And, uh, I, but, but I didn't, didn't freak out. I stayed because I, I still believe that God could help me in this. 
and I was, uh, I went home. We had to leave on, we were getting, we were getting ready to go actually on, on a sabbatical, which is a preacher word for a, a long vacation. And um, we were getting ready to go on, on, on a sabbatical for a bit, and, and I was going to drive, but you can't drive with double vision. I'm dangerous enough with good vision. I mean, much less with, with, with double vision. And I, I, I remember I was in the kitchen, and I'm, I'm standing by, I, was, I can tell you where I was standing, I was standing right by the, uh, the trash can. And all of a sudden, I, I had a peace. I looked up at Joe, I said, I'm going to be okay. There's a peace that passes all understanding. Yes. The Holy Spirit can whisper to your heart. God can whisper to you, God. Let me tell you something, guys. We're not just limited to things we can feel and see and touch. We got a God that can work bigger than that. And I'm standing by that. I'm standing by the garbage can. All of a sudden, I knew we were going to be okay. I drove all the way there. I don't have double vision. I obviously don't have double vision now. And so the double vision cleared up. But I had to keep peace. And the battle goes in your mind. The thoughts. You say, Alan, what what do I do about my thoughts? The thoughts. I always tell people, if you're having thoughts in a, in a certain area, you need to get a verse that you can use in that area as a replacement thought. Because here come the negative thoughts. You need something good. You need something good. Here come the thoughts of God will never help you. God will never use you. God, would, God is not interested in you. That's a wrong thought. But so many people think them. And so we have to begin to change that and begin to go, no, I know, I know that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. So I, I can begin to replace that thought. If I'm by myself, I will speak it out loud. Because when you speak it out loud, you have the ability to stop that thought. Does that make sense? You can do this. All of us can do this. You say, is it easy? Mm-mm. No? Is it worth it? Mm -hmm. It is. Because if you really think about it, the thing that trips us up more in life is negative thoughts. I'm going to do, do a series. Change your thoughts, change your life. And, and we're, we're talking, you know, people are talking mental health, mental health, mental health. I got it. It's a problem. It's something we have to address. We have a way of addressing it that goes even beyond what psychology has. I have no problem with psychology. I appreciate good psychology, especially good Christian psychologists. They help people. They have helped family members. I've, they have taught family members of mine off the ledge. I actually talk with a guy every, every month who is a Christian psychologist. He is, he's a mentor, and I talk with him. He's been a big blessing to me, but I don't limit myself because sometimes psychology will look at you and go, there's nothing we can do, but with God, all things are possible, and regardless of what anybody else says with God, we still have a way to come out of that. And so this is, this is why when, when people start, well, they said I have this and they said I have that. Hey, hey, you don't have to accept any of that. This is when you can begin to go, no, I got a God that can help me and I don't need to be full of anxiety and I don't need to be full of fear, but I can begin to give my problems to God and he can help me in this situation and I can come through. We have to listen. We're the ones that need to tell people mental health does not have to take you down and you don't have to commit suicide and you don't have to feel like there's no one cares and you are all alone on an, on an island. You are not all alone and God cares and you can come through this. But we're going to, but here's the deal. 
we got a part to play. And so when the thoughts come, we, did, uh, <laughs> we need a bouncer at the door of our mind. I know none of you ever went to clubs, but I used to go to clubs. <laughs> and at clubs, sometimes they had a big burly guy at the door. And they, you know, at certain clubs, they would determine who got in. And I, I went to clubs, let everybody in. But you, you, some clubs, they got the bouncer at the door and they'll look at you and go, who, who are you? And uh, you go, well, I'd like to go in. They look at you and go, nah, you're not going in. And that bouncer had the ability, unless you felt like a, a real bad beating, that bouncer had the ability to stop you from going in. We need a bouncer at the door of our mind. And, and all, of a sudden, all of a sudden, a thought comes, and you step up and go, well, who are you? Well, I'm an ugly thought. I don't do ugly. We do lovely thoughts. You're not coming in. Well, who are you? I'm a bad report. It's a... It's bad. It's going to be bad. Your whole life is going to be bad. Like, nope, nope. That's not a good report, and you're not coming in. The idea is we have the ability. Was that, was that the bouncer? Was that the bouncer? See, that's what we need right there. What we need is a, it's a warning when a thought comes in your head. It goes, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Just what I needed. We'll wrap this baby up. We need an alarm system on our mind to go, that's a wrong thought. Not thinking that. You don't get to come in. Perfect. Perfect. That's great. That's great. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your goodness and thankful for your grace in our life. Thank you, Father. We do not have to succumb to the negative, to the fear, to the anxiety that permeates this world. Thank you, Father. We can live free. And thank you, Father, for the freedom that we have in Christ and your goodness and your help and the Holy Spirit who can help us and prompt us and lead us down paths that have peace in them, not paths that have anxiety. We thank you for that. You will show us a path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, Alan, I don't even have a relationship with the Lord that I know of or I'm not sure. Or maybe you're here this evening and you said, I used to walk with God. I used to have a relationship with him. I've, I've fallen away. I've gotten away from him and I don't want to stay there. We're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front. If you're watching online, you can, you can, this, this prayer is for you as well. But if you're here and you say, you know, Alan, I, 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 I really, one of those situations applies to me. Would you pray for me? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. No one's looking. Would, would you just slip your hand up and say, Alan, would you pray for me? I'm in that situation right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, got you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for your courage. Yeah, I got you. Way in the back there. Good. Good. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. You didn't lift your hand. You wanted to. And you thought, oh, I missed my opportunity. No, you didn't. We can pray this prayer. We're going to pray it with you. As a church family, you're watching online. You're by yourself. Pray it. Pray it out loud. If you're with others, pray it quietly. We're going to pray it out loud here. This is a great prayer for you to pray. Let's pray it together. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. 
I'm a new creation in Christ. Because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for the spiritual change that's taken place as people have prayed that simple prayer. Thank you, Father, for the ones who've come out of spiritual darkness into light and for the ones who've come back home. And Father, for the rest of us, thank you that we have access to your peace that passes all understanding. Thank you. You are the God of peace and you're our Father. We're your children. Thank you for what you've done. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.